Hello and welcome to the Nurse Speak podcast. We are your hosts, Lifa. And Emily, hi. Happy, Happy Nurses, Nurses Week. Week. Is oh, it, it, is nurse, yeah. it is nurses. Officially, we looked that up, but I still say Nurse Week. Yeah, so my apologies. Oh, I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> On this episode, we get to talk about being a new grad and all the things that come with it. In the first segment, we have two guests, Sam and Sarah. We're going to discuss some of the stories you all sent in. Then in the second segment, we're going to speak to two nurses who face COVID early in their nursing careers. Our goal is for new grads to see the challenges that all new grads face so they don't feel so alone. And for experienced nurses to hear the stories of new grads and see kind of the gaps and challenges they face on top of being a new grad so they can be better equipped to help nurses. And just for a quick update, we have some new merch in. Yeah, for Nurses Week. So go check out the merch on nursepeak.com and see all the new stuff that we have. And also do not forget to sign up for the occasional newsletters that we have out. We don't send them out very frequently, maybe twice a month. We won't spam you, I promise. If you go to nursepeak.com and click on Stay Connected, but they're just quick emails to update you guys on what we're doing at Nurse Life. All right, let's introduce Sam and Sarah. Hey, I'm Sam. I'm a nurse for six years, so still fresh. I do float pool now. MedSurge float pool, and I previously worked on neuro for most of the six years, so like five of the six years, and loved it, but it was time to change. Yeah, I'm just excited to be here and chat about new grad stuff, because I was there not that long ago. And I'm Sarah. Uh, I've been a nurse in May, will be nine years. That's my experience is in the ICU. Had my daughter last year during 2021, taking care of COVID patients and being pregnant and seeing a bunch of tests. It just did not do good for mental health. Mm -hmm. So I had been just focusing on nurse practitioner school while my husband's a travel nurse. We're living in New Hampshire, but we're from Texas. We did a lot of travel nursing together whenever we were childless. (laughs) Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. Let's jump right into the stories. I graduated nursing school December 2020 and started working in a small cardiac hospital January 2021. I had such a hard time grasping what my role as a nurse was and all the duties. My textbook knowledge did not translate to the real world of nursing. Of the new grad employees, I felt like I struggled the most. I was known as the girl who asked a lot of questions and always looked stressed. You don't really have time to grasp concepts in full depth sometimes because there are meds to pass, rounds to do, and call lights to answer, etc. I found that I had to do a lot of learning on my own time, but who wants to do that on your off day? I sure as hell didn't, but I hated the feeling of not knowing shit about shit. I started to make the time to at least go over something for one hour a week or refresh myself on meds or ECG rhythms. I noticed some of the best nurses I ever worked with were the ones who chose to continue to learn outside of work. Towards the end of the first year, I started to get the hang of it, but I still can't help but feel like a dummy. I recently moved and started working in the ED. The new hospital has a better orientation process, which significantly helped this transition go smoother. But some days are still hard. However, I learned that there's so much growth that happens within the first year. For all the new grad nurses, know that some days you may feel defeated, but be kind and patient to yourself. 
Try to journal, and as time passes, you'll start to see your small victories. This one resonated with me as a kind of grasping of the role as a nurse. We know what they do. We kind of do it, and we do it through nursing school and through clinicals, but you don't, until you're really on your own, understand exactly what your role is. I think that can be a thing that we really have to grow and learn the first month. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. So whenever I was in nursing school, I had one clinical day, so like nine hours of ICU, and then I went into ICU. So I had never even seen an R line. I, I knew what a central line was, but I needed a lot more hands-on experience. And I think that we all feel like it's trial by error, you know? you're going to mess up and not really be able to get your footing right until at least a good year. And even today, I feel like a dummy sometimes with like medications or, you know, um, we're constantly learning and you're not expected to know everything your first day there. Nobody expects you to know. So yeah, like she said, or that person said, be kind to yourself because we, you know, we've all been there before. Yeah, and it can be so conditional on how your place of work orients you too, because some places do it a lot better than others. But yeah, I like what she said, or he or she or said about being kind to yourself and like journaling. You're going to feel imposter syndrome every single day. <laughs> You're going to feel like the dumbest person in the world for a long time. <laughs> At least I did. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then asking questions is great because the dangerous ones, the ones that never ask for anything and act like they know everything. Yes. So asking questions yes. shows that they're trying to fill those gaps. Yeah. Yeah. I get so much more nervous about people who don't ask the questions, like you said. If people start apologizing to me for asking questions, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, never apologize. Ask me the dumbest thing you think. And like, mm -hmm. th like, that makes me so happy you're like actively trying to figure out what's going on and you're not afraid to ask a question. I think that's 8 million times better than the alternative. Yeah. yeah. She was saying like, she felt like she was the one that was struggling the most amongst the new grads that she was working with being self-aware and knowing that and being like, all right, I'm going to take some time outside of work to learn some of the stuff and study some EKG rhythms and whatever else. Like, I think that is very notable. So good job, whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go ahead and read the next one. My first death was a COVID patient. She was already on hospice and on a morphine drip. I went into the room to assess her and introduce myself. I sat and held her hand for a few minutes. I noticed she seemed uncomfortable, so I left the room to page the MD to increase her morphine. She died in the two minutes that I was out of the room. I've never had a patient die before. Two nurses came to help me clean the body, but when we went to close her mouth, we just couldn't. She'd been laying in mouth breathing with her mouth wide open and we just couldn't close it. So here we are trying to shut this poor dead lady's mouth closed so rigor wouldn't set in with this horrible expression. We were stressed laughing about it because it was kind of horrifying. We kept apologizing for pulling her hair, turning her, etc. It was just hard to process how someone is so alive in one second and gone the next. I'm grateful I had such supportive coworkers who were with me the whole time. Yeah, that first death is always super hard. In the first code, it, we hear about death, but to actually see it mm -hmm. and prepare a body that's just one minute, like she said, or they said alive and then the next not, it's so surreal. I really feel for that person because it's a strange feeling for the first time. Yeah. You just don't know how you're going to react to your first death. And I remember in nursing school, 
we were told like, oh my God, you might have to take some time off. You'll be able to leave work to process it. Like, no, you probably can't. And all these things. And so when it first finally happened for me, I was like expecting to have this huge set of emotions or to like feel really affected. That just didn't happen for me. I want to remind people like you might react in like totally different ways and that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. What we put people through is sometimes more of a nightmare than actually dealing with the death. Sometimes the death is kind of a relief than what we put them through to keep them alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And stress laughing is okay. Like if you handle that situation, like that, that's me. That's 100% me. And I'm like laughing while reading Mm -hmm. the story. Doesn't mean that I'm a heartless person, but it's just kind of how you like deal differently with it. From the outside looking in, the laughing aspect might throw you off, but I can absolutely see how (laughs) it's a way to kind of just move through the moment. Like you have to get your work done. So yeah, Yeah, like I've never heard of being able to leave work being like, you know what, this is hard. You can go ahead and go like, that's never been the case for me or anybody that I've known. So yeah, you got to laugh through the moment. I was really thrown off by that. Yeah. I mean, don't laugh in front of the family. Like if you, if (laughs) that's not, that's not appropriate, (laughs) there are appropriate times to laugh, but it's okay to stress laugh. Yeah. All right. Next story. Oh, this is one of my favorites. (laughs) The year was 2020 and I was fresh off orientation as a float on my first night shift as a new grad. I arrived to my shift full of hope, caffeine, and PTSD from starting my nursing career during a pandemic. I was on the COVID telemetry floor, maxed out with six patients. One of them was ETOH withdrawal. At that time, we didn't have CWA parameters for the PRN Ativan orders, and I had never had a withdrawal patient. The offgoing nurse told me that he was a really chill guy and not to worry about it just to make sure that he didn't fall. So I decided it would be best to keep an eye on him and not give him the Ativan unless he really needed it. Ah, baby nurse me, the idiot. Fast forward to 2 a.m. and I'm doing rounds, approaching his room and I hear a crash and the bed alarm sound. I run in, turn on the light and find him face down on the floor in a puddle of blood. Cue me shaking like a leaf and forgetting everything I'd ever learned. I yelled for help, called a rapid, and in the end, it was all mostly okay. The man had woken up thirsty, sat on the edge of the bed to drink some water, and spilled some on the floor with his shaky withdrawal hands. He decided it best to bend over and wipe it up, face planted onto the floor and fractured his nose. I beat myself up for it, but learned more than one lesson that night. Among some, administer Ativan to fresh withdrawal patients more often than not. Ask MD for parameters when unsure, and move said withdrawal patient closer to the nursing station when possible. Oh, and fully bed alarm them. Not the weak-ass bed alarm that doesn't go off until they've already face-planted on the floor. It was hard looking at the sign change from 265 days since our last patient fall to zero. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's such no. a sad end to the story. <laughs> oh, no. That's so hard. Like, that person has, like they said, like they learned a lot from that situation and going to move forward in their practice, making different decisions. But that is just a mortifying way to learn, you know? And you, oh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it does. And like, you're already trying to figure stuff out. So for the whole unit to see that you like done a goof up like that, like that's, that's hard. I feel for that person. That does not feel like the most effective way to like help people remember to put 
bed alarms on? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's better ways than that. Not the first death I experienced, but the most memorable because I always wondered if I could have done something different. I had six patients on med surge. This patient was confused and had the NG tube. Also had a family member in the room. I was in your room all night long. The patient had accidentally removed your NG tube after waking up in a state of confusion. I put another one in, got it confirmed with x-ray and continued the night. I gave her morning meds and paused the suction on the NG to give it time to absorb. I make the rest of my morning rounds and leave her for last since I've been bugging them literally all night. I go back in the room to restart suction and I start preparing the IV antibiotics but something feels wrong. I don't see the patient breathing. I call your name and shake them. Nothing. I turn on the light and the patient has green coming out from your mouth. I slam the code blue button and start CPR. Green is coming out everywhere like a waterfall with every push on the chest. The patient didn't make it and I was sobbing when I apologized to the family member. The family member said she didn't think the patient would have made it through chemo anyway. But I always wondered if it was my fault for not coming back sooner to start suction. I was only gone for like 30 minutes. I had a kind of a similar situation whenever I was newer grad. I had three patients and I still to this day wonder what I could have done different. And I think that we all have that patient that we wonder what we could have done different. But I think that the most important thing is that you learn from it and you just do better each time or remember how you felt in that situation and just try to cover all your bases because I, I still have a patient that I think about. I see him in, in my dreams. I see him in my head that I just maybe I could have saved him um, when in reality, probably not. Yeah, that's difficult because, I mean, you're forever going to have some kind of instance where you run into situations like that, you know, as a nurse. Yeah, we take care of a lot of the patients in our career. Everybody's going to feel that way. It's It's normal. As a new grad immediately off orientation on a step-down unit, I had a patient with C. diff, a profusely breathing vasocyte, and liver failure. The patient had recently transferred from ICU and was sitting up in bed interacting with his cell phone to communicate with his family members. Throughout my shift, his mental status declined. With each new change, I paged his primary team, who continually reassured me that this was just fluctuating mental status due to his liver failure. He declined to the point that he wouldn't respond to his name and could only be roused with physical stimulation. At this point, I demanded that the MD come to the bedside. At the bedside, the MD assessed the patient and told me once again that this was the expected course for liver failure. At shift change, the oncoming nurse, who was more experienced, immediately called a rapid response, bypassing the primary MD. The patient was found to have a massive brain bleed, suspected to have started prior to leaving the ICU. He died later that same day. For weeks after, I was stricken with grief and so many feelings of what could I have done differently. I felt incompetent and solely responsible for his death. I started therapy, which helped me process my grief and began talking to my coworkers about the situation. They all helped me through that time and helped me rebuild my confidence. The situation sticks with me to this day, three years later. It taught me to always listen to my gut and to take any steps necessary to advocate for my patients. I think she was in a hard position because you do trust, especially as a new grad, you trust what the MD is saying. And if you're being constantly reassured that it's okay, yeah. this is normal, even though your gut's kind of like, ah, but is it? I'm not really sure. 
the fear to offend, I guess, that doctor and like go around him or pull somebody else mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. is hard <laughs> at the beginning. It sounds like they did the best they could in that situation. Yeah, it sounds like they did everything that they could. Paging multiple times too, that's <laughs> that's not fun to do. But good for that person for getting the therapy and figuring out how to process that. And I'm glad their coworkers have their backs too. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. This is an interesting story. <laughs> when I was in new grad, maybe my first few months on my own, I had this 350 pound patient. He was a big dude, a big old belly with huge size of a basketball scrotum. They were translucent and spider veiny. You know the kind. <laughs> anyways, I was ra- <laughs> anyways, I was rounding on my patient at like midnight and found him on the floor in a puddle of clear liquid. I ran, like sprinted to the charge nurse, who happened to be a huge 6'6 Samoan guy to help me. I told him, my patient fell and his scrotum exploded. He's like, what? <laughs> I go, his balls exploded, and we end up getting him back in bed. He was fine, no issues, his balls were intact. He just knocked over water on the way down. <laughs> Clearly, I did not live this down for a while. I always tell my new grads I trained this story to make them feel more relatable. I still, to this day, feel like they could have exploded at any moment. (laughs) I would have said the exact same thing. I would have been certain that that is exactly what would have happened. So (laughs) That's the kind of nurse that I would like to work with. um, And I kind of wish that I had worked with that would tell me a story like that and make me feel less like an idiot. You know, instead of just thinking everybody's perfect and I'm the one that thinks stuff like that. Sounds like they're great for mentoring or um, for being relatable. Yeah. I was a few months off orientation as a new grad L&D nurse. This was a unit I worked on as a clerk and a scrub tech during school, so the nurses had known me for almost two years. During an uneventful shift, I had a nurse who had worked on the unit for like 30 years ask me to come into an empty room at the end of the hallway with the lights off in the middle of the night. This story haunts me, but it isn't the classic ghost story by E.B.'s standards. She sits down and starts speaking to me and prefaced it by saying, Don't get upset, I just need to share some things with you. The topics were me not being a team player, her not being sure if I'm cut out to be a nurse at all, that I need to be better about stalking when it's slow, and that a lot of the staff are unsure about me and that I'm unattentive to my patients' needs. I was flabbergasted. I had plenty of new grad imposter syndrome but I was working at my dream job and had a group of supportive nurses to work with, and I didn't know any of my patient or staff complaints against me. She finished her spiel and just left me in the room. I'm pretty emotionally stable at work and just started crying in the empty room. I spent some time questioning my worth and wondering if everyone I worked with thought I was a danger to my patients. She wasn't one of my preceptors, and she wasn't doing a peer eval, was not up to date on practice and gave herself the easiest assignment and spent her shift doing crafts or watching YouTube with the volume out loud. (laughs) So not a role model nurse, but she still shook my confidence to the core and it took me months to tell anyone it happened and even longer to feel like I belonged in nursing. I eventually told my manager after some friends encouraged me and was met with a lot of support and reassurance. Fast forward seven years, I've traveled, I now work at the top children's hospital for fetal and maternal fetal medicine care in the world, and I'm about to finish an MP program and graduate with honors. I still think about that experience and wonder what she saw in me that made her feel she needed to tell me all of that. 
To new grads that have retirees coming at them, don't let those bastards get you down. That's not effective. Speak to somebody like that, at least about specific reasoning. No, and I'm glad this person figured it out. That was most likely just this nurse's insecurities being projected on this quote-unquote easy target who's a new grad. And to say, like, everyone's been talking about it. Jesus Christ. Like, that's That's mean. Mm-hmm. And like, would that would make me question everything? And I don't know how this person didn't tell people right away. I would like, I would, I would, I don't know. I, I, I talk a lot, so like, I think that would be mm-hmm. very different for me. But that sucks, and good for that person for doing their thing now. Yeah, I'm paranoid too. I'd be like, "What are you talking about? What were you saying? Let's have a meeting. Let's rumble." Call a unit meeting, like right now, nursing station. Am I really going to kill my patients? What is wrong? <laughs> I need a PowerPoint presentation. I need to know. I need uh, sources cited. Uh, yeah, but that's hard. How unprofessional, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you have something like that, yeah, that's not the way to do it, right? Like, if you're concerned about an actual nurse and, like, she should have gone, like, let's yeah. say you do have a coworker that you, like, are genuinely concerned about your pa- their patient safety, speak to a manager and let the manager handle that situation. Yeah. Yeah. All that does is perpetuate the whole nurse's ether young thing mm-hmm. instead of um, being effective in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Next story. I graduated nursing school in Kansas, therefore I got my Kansas license and got my first job in Missouri. There's a form you have to fill out to have a Missouri license established for you, and you have six months to have it process once you start working in Missouri. I got so caught up in being a new nurse that I completely forgot to send it. Not only that, I realized that my Kansas license expired six months instead of two years. All this led to me practicing with no license whatsoever for about eight hours. I felt like the dumbest person alive and the biggest failure. I lost my job and was reported to the Board of Nursing. Luckily, there was no further consequences, but bet your ass I have about 8,271 reminders when it's time to renew. Oh, Sam's face. Wish you guys could see this. Awful. Yeah, how serious is it practicing with no license for eight hours? Very serious. Well, yeah, let him learn. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's that thing too of like, I mean, paperwork is a big deal, but a lot of times they're just like, yeah, I'll turn that in. At least me as a procrastinator, I'll, I'll get it in eventually. And then you completely forget. And it's like that truly has an impact on everything else. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. So set your reminders, folks. Look up your licensing renewal information. Got that done. Yeah. I'll like look up my license on my website sometimes because i forget when it expires and then it's kind of fun if you're like oh my gosh i wonder if this person got in trouble you can like look them up too (laughs) so if you like that hobby of like looking people up to see if there were episodes of like oh or like Mm -hmm. whatever happens with license stuff that has helped me remember to renew my license so if everyone just wanted to gossip a little bit more they'd remember (laughs) i want to be that person (laughs) (laughs) I married a very type A person and I'm very scatterbrained. So he reminds me for me. (laughs) That's smart. Yeah. I feel like I get an email, which I never check the email that it goes to. Cause like, it's the one I set up when I was in college and I'm like, Oh wait, it's close to that time. 
And then I'm like, crap, and I have two days to do all of my CEUs. <laughs> I didn't say this. Yep. And I figure out, scramble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good for like, what, two years now? It's also expensive a little bit to keep them going. Moral of the story, check and set your reminders or marry a type A person. Good points. When I was a baby nurse, I thought my preceptor was the most awesome nurse. She was kind, compassionate, bubbly, experienced, and knowledgeable. She was the type of nurse I wanted to be, and she even pinned me at my pinning ceremony. I was a tech in the department for two years before being a grad RN, so we knew each other before I graduated. After my orientation, she was fired for stealing narcotics. Myself and everyone else were so blindsided by it. I take wasted meds seriously and I trusted her. I feel sick to think that she might have fooled me once or twice why needing a waste partner. I'm grateful that I learned from her because I still believe she was a great nurse. However, no matter how much you love the other nurse and think highly of them, uh, always protect yourself, do the right thing, and always waste med appropriately because these things do happen. It always seems to be the ones that you never expected either. Yeah. And I'm glad that person mentioned, like, it doesn't take away the fact that they were a good nurse. The addiction is tricky. Yeah. It is. It doesn't negate you from being a good person because you're addicted to something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I've had experiences with, like, diverting nurses. Like you said, it's people you don't expect. So it's really easy to let your guard down after you've been there for a while and you kind of can see like depending on the unit culture, like sometimes there's the culture of like, oh, just, you know, say I say I wasted it with you. You see that a lot. And I feel like I saw that sometimes traveling, Mm -hmm. but really it doesn't matter how much you love the other person. You can trust them and everything else, but really, really protect yourself and protect your license and make sure you watch that wasting. And if you do discover that, like. You kind of have the option to help them. They might not like the help at first, but you have the you know ability to report it. Yeah, because yeah, them doing that is taking away maybe medicine from somebody that really needs it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a hard situation to be in. Yeah, there are times to be chill, and wasting meds is not a time that I am chill during. Like, no, please watch me put this in the thing. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... And they may catch you accidentally doing a med error. Like, if your friend's watching you waste, and you're like, oh, no, you need to waste more. Like, oh, shoot, I was supposed to only give 0.5, and I'm pulling out whatever it is. So it protects you. And sometimes it's good to have a buddy there to help with the math, too. Sometimes those conversion things are not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have several patients on pain medication, you might be getting them mixed up. So, like you said, it is good to have a buddy. Yeah. About six months into being a nurse, I was working on a pediatric neurology floor. I had a toddler age patient with albinism who was blind. He was requiring oxygen and he had a scan ordered for that morning. The radiology nurse was in the room to pick him up and I tried to hook up his oxygen to a tank. As usual, well-meaning new grad, I attached the humidifier to the oxygen tank because I had been told all the benefits of humidified oxygen over non-humidified oxygen and one of the best for my patient. The issue was that no one had ever told me you can't attach a humidifier to a tank without spraying water into your patient's nose. So naturally, I watched the water shoot up through the tubing and start coming out of the nose and mouth like a fountain. This poor kid was blind and had no idea what was coming for him. I turned it off as fast as I possibly can and legitimately thought that I drowned the kid. Also, the mother and the radio tech saw it happen. I was mortified and I basically reported myself to my supervisor because I thought I had drowned the kid. The kid was fine with no repercussions from the event, and my supervisor was supportive of me. It's been over seven years since then, 
and I have told every preceptee and nursing student I've ever oriented to never connect a humidifier to an oxygen tank. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of pressures on you nurses out there. Something to mess up in front of a patient. It's another patient's a kid and in front of the mom on top of that. <laughs> but they're training a lot of nurses who will never, ever, ever do that in their life. So mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah, being transparent about your mistakes really helps decrease that mistake from happening again. Because if you made that mistake, it's very likely somebody else could have made the same mistake. I remember realizing that I had anxiety in a way that I've never experienced in my life perseverating on the smallest moments from my previous shift, unable to let them go. Waking up with cold sweats, crying after work over the smallest actions that were correct because the small amounts of doubt I had while making the decisions existed. Pretending I loved being a nurse when in reality I hated it. Hated going to work, ashamed to admit I felt that way. In hindsight, I think the lack of support from unit leadership and the lack of experienced nurses to learn from made an already tough learning curve unbearable. I found the wound and asked me specialty a few years in and never looked back. Being a nurse is stressful. Yeah. I mean, you could kill somebody super easily and that pressure, it's a heavy weight. I think we all feel it. Yeah. I'm sure having, dealing with pre-existing anxiety and getting into that profession does not make it any easier. Being in an area or a specialty, like one of the benefits of nursing is like there's so many areas you can go into and they're so different. And so I'm glad that she ended up finding like wunostomy and being like, yeah, this is where I need to be. But like those moments before, I think it's okay to admit that you don't like the type of nursing you're in. She was like, I felt guilty. Like I really hated it. And you cover it up. It's like such a stigmatized thing too. like nurses are supposed to love nursing. and You've gone to school for so long and you've done all this accomplishments and like. You know, it's hard to get your first job. You finally get it and then you hate it. Mm-hmm. You like feel guilty about that. So I'm glad that she like, kind of stuck through and went and found where she fits best. During my new grad program, they really kind of prepared us like from six to nine months, you're going to hate this no matter what. Like you're going to feel incompetent. You're going to feel like you don't like what you're doing. And once you get over that hump, you're going to get your nurse pants and you're going to like be able to feel more confident in the things that you do because that doubt is always going to exist and especially in the learning curve that you have so not having like support from your unit leadership or i think a lot of new grads right now struggle with having other staff members that are experienced and that's so hard like if i think back on my experience i learned so much from the older nurses so not having that like i couldn't personally imagine that i was in labor and delivery for one year (laughs) I love birth. I love all of that. Um, but I got into it and I would go home crying. <laughs> I was so depressed. I, I was like, this is not me. I'm not a depressed person. Like you said, Emily, not everything is for everyone. And I thought that that was not for me. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's great that the person, the author, found what works for them. Yeah. That was like a twist ending at the end. I feel like everyone who does wound me really, really likes it. But okay, that kind of diminishes this whole thing we've been talking about where like you might not like it and that's okay. But I'm just really happy that this person found that after having to deal with that. So good for them. Yeah. I learned so much from wound nurses. It's so fun when they go into my patient's room. I'm like, hey, wait, I'm going to follow you. I like wound facts, but that's just me. <laughs> Why do you like them? I mean, I'm sad when a patient has to have one, but I like the problem solving, you know, making them not leak. 
Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. My grandmother has a one. It's kind of satisfying too. You just watch it fill up, the chamber fill up, and like different fluids. I find that kind of satisfying. <laughs> the healing process is kind of interesting. My first week on my own after orientation, I was given a comfort care patient. She was completely unresponsive and had a pretty nasty death rattle. I had been medicating her pretty frequently and had gotten a sacolamine pack, but you could hear her gargling in the hallway. So my charge nurse told me to go and suction her a little bit deeper. I did, and she died. So the charge nurse and the SWAT nurse jokingly said, I killed her. This was my first patient death, so I cried, and it really scared me that I was going to get in trouble. They felt bad for their jokes and told me that I had done nothing wrong. They continued jokingly about how I should have solidified the suction bucket and gave it to her family since I suctioned her soul out. At the time, I was sad and embarrassed, but they never let me live it down. And now it's part of my dark nursing humor. Being new sucks. What a roller coaster that was. What a roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) There's that mixed level of years of experience and the humor that you develop because it's a coping mechanism because you're dealing with trauma. Was it inappropriate or was it appropriate? I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm going back throughout because I'm the nurse that like goes and jumps like that. So I'm like, oh, like, oh no, I didn't like really upset anybody about doing that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe a good check-in was like, oh, this was your first. Are you okay? Like a kind of good pause, but like yeah. you got to kind of carry on with that humor. It's not going to just stop. Yeah. I feel like nursing would be too depressing if we're just like. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are we all sick, evil human beings? <laughs> desensitized human beings. <laughs> we are desensitized. Me and Life, I had a big <laughs> argument about what desensitized meant. And I was like, nurses are still sensitive to death, but we're like, we can handle it. We see it all the time. Yeah. Compared to the general population, yeah. that's where it kind of shows the... We are desensitized. Yeah, which isn't bad. You guys need it yeah, for your job, yeah. so... Yeah. My first day on a surgical unit with a fellow nursing student RN... The charge nurse gave us the task of doing a pre-op shave. We get all our specialties and get explained that the male patient we are going to do. We shave the man from neck to feet. He was as smooth as a pool ball. We we used almost two cans of shave foam and endless razors. And proudest punch, we went to the charge nurse and said we were all done. She went to check on our patient and see our handiwork and... Woo! She hollered at us to go to her office. She gave us a right telling off. Obviously, we were supposed to only do the pubic shave. Lesson immediately learned. Thankful that the patient got a good laugh out of it and just hoped we wouldn't be fired. How would I know that's your first time? Yeah. Oh my god. I love the proudest punch. I, I want to adopt that into my vernacular. <laughs> I really like that. Proudest punch. That kind of reminds me with my first independent alert and oriented guy that was middle-aged that asked me to after giving him like a little bed bath or whatever he asked me to clean his balls and being a new nurse that wants to help and i'm just like oh bless his heart like he needs help cleaning his balls like anybody else would probably be like dude like <laughs> you can clean yourself but like not me i was so naive i was like yes of course you know like trying to go above and beyond which especially for like relatively naive when you go into nursing which i was as well so 
whenever you get in those situations, you don't realize like, oh, this person could be in a way creepy or taking advantage or whatever. You're like, yes, of course I'll help you. And like, I wonder if patients can sense like new grads and like who they can kind of play to do all these little favors. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like because even if they can't sense it, which I'm sure they can, yeah. but if they kind of brought that up to a, like a more experienced nurse, we kind of question it more. And so then they don't get what they want. Yeah. Makes sense. My first death was a woman who went for a brain biopsy and bled out in recovery. They brought her back up to the unit so her family could say goodbye. I had to take the intubation tube out and she passed away two minutes later. My unit was having a potluck that night and I just remember pronouncing her death and then going to eat ribs in the back room before my other patient needed something from me. What a mindfuck slash crazy realization that life doesn't stop when someone dies. It just keeps going. The first brief after that I had, he told me my second day that you're going to see mass casualties and do your job. And then you're going to go home and you're going to forget about it. You're going to feel like a sociopath. And I remember thinking that's heartless. I could ne- like, that could never be me. I could never just go home and never think about that again. But I, mm-hmm. I did, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, you, like that person said, life goes on. You have the next patient, the next mm-hmm. task, the next med to give. Go, go, go for 12 hours. Yeah, It's like a very good snapshot of nursing. You know, I'm, I'm here with this patient. I'm with them. I have my own friends, my coworkers, and we're here celebrating a potluck. And so I'm going to go. I'm going to be partaking in that and then step back in your nursing role. That's real nursing. Yeah. <laughs> Compartmentalized. Yeah. <laughs> and move on. Yeah. yeah. My very first night on my own as a new grad in the CVICU, I walk into my shift, receive report, and go meet my patients. My patient wants to get back into bed from her recliner right off the bat. I move her IV pole, reposition her lines and wires so everything reaches, and move her fully bag and hook it on the bed. Everything is ready. She stands up with my help and I am standing on her Foley tubing somehow. The Foley rips straight out from her urethra, balloon intact, and blood everywhere. She screams out in pain, and I realize what I've done, and curse the day shift for getting the woman to the chair without a stat lock on her Foley, and I panic. I wrote a safety report on myself, called the doctor, and cried in the supply closet. It wasn't even 7.30 at this point, on my first shift alone ever, and I was already over being a nurse. Oh my god. That's literally the worst case scenario. Yeah. That person is still doing their thing. Good for them. That would take a long time to recover from. Because it's that unintentional causing patient harm. That's like Yeah. That hurts. Talk about starting with a bang. And you're really trying, like Yeah. Especially like CVICU, like all the wires, all the lines, this patient's up in a chair, so they're kind of probably to the point of going to, you know, step down the next day. They're recovering. And you're like Oh, maybe I don't know that. Mm-hmm. That's just me assuming because yeah. whatever. But you're doing everything to be so careful. And then you miss one thing mm-hmm. and that one thing accidentally causes patient harm. That's hard. That just feels bad. Yeah. I feel for that person. But accidents happen. Yep. Yeah. You learn that over time too. Like you, you kind of have to go through those <laughs> shitty experiences <laughs> to like learn what to do in those future situations. Yeah, so hopefully us talking about this helps all the new grads out there not necessarily have to go through them, but like maybe question some things when you feel really eager, just double check. 
Do you guys have any stories from your new grad experience or like advice or suggestions or things that you've learned that you want to share? First off, I have no idea what it's like to like be a new nurse during COVID. And so like, I can't speak to that. I just don't want new nurses to be too hard on themselves. And I hope that they encounter like preceptors who are like patient and understand where they're coming from as far as like learning to be a nurse in COVID. Being a new nurse sucks until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And trust your gut and figure out if that's like the right place for you. But like it's gonna kind of just suck for a little bit. And I just feel for the new nurses. Yeah. Did you guys have um, new grad programs that you guys went to or nurse residency programs? Yeah, mine had like a nice new grad program and you got connected with people who are also starting, which I think helps like be able to find people you can talk to. But I guess I didn't realize that wasn't just like a thing. It should be a thing everywhere. Mine was just like (laughs) rural East Texas, like just 12 weeks with a preceptor, hope that you drive well. And then off fly away you know whether you're gonna fall or why type thing yeah mm-hmm. when, when I was talking to one of my friends at a hospital out here whenever they had like say like a vented patient she would get her like three days with that patient so she could like fully understand that one type of nursing but when she went by herself like there was things that she had never seen before where in my program we had like a checklist like we had to have like three days of the person with like a chest tube and then we had, like all these different things that we were required to have And so if our nurse that we were precepting with, we didn't have that in our patient assignment, I would have to go with somebody else because I needed to have that experience with that patient in order to come off my orientation. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's amazing. Something like that would have made me feel a lot better. Yeah. As a new grad, I have a lot. My first year was awful. Um, But boundaries is something I've had to work on a lot. Boundaries with like patient, like establishing them as professional and um, something someone did not in the way prepare, prepared me for was doctors being inappropriate. Mm. Being a young woman and like being naive, I just, I did not even think, I just thought everybody was professional. I did not have a clue of what happened, you know, in hospitals. And there was a middle-aged pulmonologist that I was just talking to and joking with, just being normal with, and she was about to leave and he like gets right in my face and like kisses me on the cheek. And I just remember being so shocked and I just, I was so scared I was going to get fired for saying anything, so I I didn't say anything. And thankfully there was a, um, no BS veteran nurse that was right beside me and saw it. And I'm so thankful for her because she went and she wrote him up about it and HR was notified. And after that, he had to sit at the nurse station at the very front, get all the charts and come back there and do all of this, um, patients or whatever so that was something that did not prepare me was inappropriate advances whether it's from patients or doctors or co-workers and I'm really thankful for that nurse and I've tried now in being an older nurse to be that type of person that would say something and would write that person up yeah that's good that's the end of the first segment as we transition to the second segment I want to really point out that everyone does have struggles of different kinds during their first year. So make sure that if you're an experienced nurse, remember what it was like to be a new grad and give people a little extra grace, slow down a little bit. We all sometimes need a little extra support in our nursing career. In this following segment, we're going to have two new guests 
Ben and Sheena, and Sam is also still going to be here with us. We wanted to talk about nurses who came into nursing with COVID very early on in their career. So COVID affected Sheena's nursing school. Ben was a new grad right when COVID hit. Do you guys want to introduce yourself? My name is Ben Kesson. I've been a nurse for a little over two years now and um, started right when the pandemic was going on. Graduated from school in 2019, got hired in 2020 and started in February 2020. So literally about three weeks, almost four weeks, and all of a sudden everything kind of hit the fan. So it's kind of right in the thick of it. And uh, yeah, the two past two years have been kind of crazy. So, <laughs> Hi, I'm Sheena. I am a January 2021 graduate from West Coast University in Cali. COVID kind of affected nursing school more for me. Um, this was my second year of nursing school during my OB rotation. And it kind of trickled into when I started my career as a nurse um, in April of 2021, because we kept having surges. Right. And then that's Sam. I didn't start in COVID, but I was just here for like the previous part of the conversation. So it's nice to meet you both. So I'm going to read this first story and we can discuss it. Nursing school is hard. Graduating during a pandemic is hard. Starting your nursing career at the height of a pandemic is even harder. This past year was actually the hardest year I've ever had mentally. I learned everything I could about COVID. High flow, patients needed to be intubated, what to expect with COVID patients, etc. I learned that hospitals are greedy. I had to use PTO if we got sick. No COVID pay for COVID unit nurses. Couldn't use PTO from the month of October to January. Had to start training new grads myself as a new grad. Had three different floor managers. Had nine different preceptors during my orientation. I could go on. This year has made me hate hospitals, healthcare, and my career choice. The only thing I can cling on to as I continue my journey as a nurse is the fact that I truly care about people. And I guess I'm grateful for realizing that throughout this awful year. This job and environment is insanely hard, and I still have panic attacks before going to work the majority of the time. I know this is more of a rant than a story, but if you know someone that is a nurse, hug them, check in on them, let them trauma dump and vent. The shit I've seen and continue to see is something that never stops or gets better. Death, seeing people suffer, and getting physically and emotionally hurt at work doesn't stop as a nurse. Shout out to all the nurses out there, especially the COVID new grads. We truly are a different breed of nurses and are tough as shit. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you guys could relate a lot to that, especially you, Ben. Oh, absolutely. Just, just, just hearing you read that, it's giving me PTSD. <laughs> I swear. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's, uh, it's how it was, but, um, you know, that is uh spot on. It was, it was like literally a, a war zone in there. It's nobody really knew what was going on when it started. Um, there was different protocols every day you go in, uh, you know, it's the, the supplies are running out because everyone was panicking outside of the hospitals. You know, you, there are days I'm sure everyone can relate with that, uh, with this, but you have your mask on and you have to put it in the paper bag and quote unquote, get it cleaned. And then you have to put it back on for the rest of the week. You have one gown that you tape to the wall after you come out of a patient's room and then you have to reuse it. Just, just crazy stuff. And, um, and yeah, just uh, having to deal with having to see the families, you know, like just suffering and just so distraught that they can't come in with their loved ones. Um, their loved ones are sick. They're basically going to pass. Um, 
it's just, yeah, it was insane. You know, it's, um, there's so many things I could, could say about it, but, um, just, I think the thing that was the worst to see was just the amount of death, uh, it really changes you as a person and as a nurse. Um, you know, there'd be two, three codes a night, probably more if you're helping with others. Um, the morgues were full, you see just huge trucks outside that had to have bodies put into them. Um, cause there's nowhere to put them. It's just, uh, it was crazy. And then on top of that, um, you're trying to learn as a new grad, you're trying to learn the unit, but also everything's kind of up in the air. Um, and it's just, uh, it was insane. Yeah. It's, uh, there's so much you could go off on, but, um, uh, it was rough. It was rough for sure. Yeah. And Sheena, you said you were still in school. Where were you at this time? We were in our OB rotation and I was at Kaiser for my rotations and Kaiser is very, very strict with students. For OB, you only get four times in clinicals. It's like every other week. And I think it was our third one. That's when COVID started becoming more prevalent. And then um, our professor was like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to kick you guys out. As students, did that make you guys nervous? It was a lot of unknown, especially for us students, because we didn't know what was going to happen with school. We didn't know if we were going to become nurses, like if we were going to graduate. We had no idea what was going on. Um, and a lot of our professors were trying their best to kind of calm us down and be like, you know, it's going to be OK. We're going to figure it out. I guess at that point, we really didn't know much about COVID. The government was very like, okay, we're going to shut down the schools. You guys need to put things on hold. And a lot of those schools were pushing back their graduation dates. But my school was determined to not do that. And the professors were like advocating, saying like, you know, students are going to be nurses. We need them in the hospitals. You know, you barring students isn't going to do anything because when they graduate, COVID's not going to go anywhere. So we need them to have experience. That's what happened with us. So if you were not able to get hands-on clinical experience, what did you do? Pediatric rotation, we didn't have anything. We did, um, it's called Swift River. I don't know if anyone's heard of it, but it's horrible. It's like online clinical where you just literally answer questions, do med math, and you just have these scenarios that you can memorize or Google and just mm. answer him. So it's like, you're not learning anything. Online clinical yeah. sounds terrible, no matter what. As soon as you said that, my brain was just like, yep, you don't need to say anything more. It was horrible. <laughs> and then we like had like a triage one in the ED. It was just weird. And this is for pediatrics, but we didn't have a bunch of like pediatric patients we were working on. It was just random adult patients and then one or two kids that'd be so stressful and then when my critical care rotation came about that was the one everyone was looking forward to and i went to um i don't know if i could say the hospital name i, I guess i won't say it but it's in socal um we went to hospital but they weren't letting students in the icu and the ed because of covid um and they were really swamped so we were in a tele-unit and they told us or my school oh students can't um Students can't go to our ED and ICU because of COVID. We don't want them to be exposed or whatever. But then we went to tell a unit that was COVID. So it just didn't make sense. But then they were like, they were like, oh, students can't take care of COVID patients due to liability issues. So we were literally, there's like maybe two or three patients who weren't COVID. And then the nurses we were assigned to, they all had COVID patients. So we had to sit in the nurse's station or just like be runners and kind of run supplies to the rooms. But we couldn't really do much. And so we had to do care plans of patients that we couldn't even assess half the time. Yeah. So it, it was, 
crazy. That rotation in general, a lot of people in my cohort, I was lucky enough to go to a hospital, but a lot of people in my cohort weren't. So they had to do Swift River. <laughs> so us graduating, everyone was in easy. Everyone thought, you know, we're not going to get jobs outside of nursing. So like when we graduate, because we don't have the mm. experience that um, the hospitals are wanting, but it ended up okay for a lot of us. <laughs> I would be nervous because like, even if I am hired, then I'm like, do I have the right experience for this? Like, yeah. that would be my, my personal fear is like, am I actually competent in doing this stuff? Because, right. all right, I've been online and had little <laughs> questions is not, not nearly the same as being in clinical. Yeah, and I felt like a liar in my interviews because they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, do you think you'll be fit for this position? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll be fit for this position. And I'm in my head, I'm like, you're not fit for this position. <laughs> it's like, I can't say that because they're not going to hire me if I tell them, you know, honestly, I'm nervous because I haven't had enough patient care or interaction. But like, um, I mean, I played it off well, I guess. And then I got the job. <laughs> my preceptor wasn't, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. We kind of butted heads a little bit because like she was saying, um, he was very, I didn't want to teach. I was just kind of like stressing out about everything that was happening. Great guy. Um, very smart, but just kind of, you know, as a new grad, you kind of need a little bit slower pace. You need things to kind of be taught a little bit more in depth. So I kind of was lucky enough that the other senior nurses on the unit were very nurturing, very helpful. I can't remember how many times I would come out and they just see my face and just like, are you okay? Like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> like, but um, they would come and be like, hey, you know, like what's going on? You know, just kind of explain like, oh, I'm having trouble with the peritoneal dialysis cycler or, you know, I can't get sticks on this guy. And um, I'll be like, hey, you know what? Let's take a breath. You know, they'd be like, let's do this. Like, I'll do the stick for you. You get my patient their meds and stuff like that it was just they were very helpful and whatever i needed to have explained they would stop what they were doing they would help me like you know if blood needs to be given they're like yeah yeah let's do this real quick let's knock it out or and it was good to have those mama bear type nurses that would come over to kind of just a rescue and be like you know what he's doing his best like this is what we can do for you and they were the ones that would like have your back and protect you so um, i was pretty lucky in that aspect yeah teamwork makes such a difference in nursing, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sheena, did you find that in your assigned preceptors as well, since you were in so many units? My um, preceptorship's a little different because I'm float pool, but the float pool nurses have like a reputation in our hospital for being really, really good. So how my orientation went, I guess I'll go into that. How it went was we have a home unit first for like two months. And then I was, I'm night shift. So I did day shift for like a month and then night shift for a month. And then after that, we go to all the other med surge tele units for two weeks, one week with the preceptor, three shifts, the second week, three shifts on my own. And then I go to another unit. Every preceptor that I've had has been supportive. But the good thing is about where I work at, um, everyone who's been there, all the vets who've been there, they're super supportive. And they keep telling me like, you know, be patient with yourself. You guys came at a time where it was really, really bad. As a new grad, when I was in orientation, all my patients were super high acuity and it was a big learning experience, but also like, I was so nervous going into my shifts and <laughs> even now I am, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, people are nervous getting out of nursing school as it is, but I think COVID really, really affected how we feel as nurses now. But the only thing is there was like a high, I guess turnover or like there's a lot of um, inconsistencies with preceptors. And I think the reason for that was a lot of them were burnt out 
And like a lot of them, I guess in the past before COVID, there'd be a lot of people willing to precept, but then now it's kind of gone down and I don't blame them because the past couple of years have been really, really rough for them. So they don't have the patience or the energy to sit there and teach someone or watch someone or, you know, I don't know. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't blame them. The ones that I've worked with, they've been really, really cool and they've been super informative and they've shared their like stories with what they went through during COVID. So I'm grateful. Good. Yeah. You kind of have to learn the politics of the floor and kind of feel out where you lie in everything. How was that experience for you? Politics wise, it's definitely, you kind of see the older nurses, like Sheena was saying, you could see their, their burnout. And there's definitely politics going on where they would come in and be like, no, I'm not taking that patient, not taking that patient. They would kind of just cherry pick and being a new grad, you know, you kind of get, I don't want to say, I guess, kind of screwed with the rough, <laughs> the rough patients. But it was important having uh, the new grads have your back also because we would just kind of come together, help each other out. And we all had each other's backs and we're just like knocking stuff out. You know, it was it was OK, though. It wasn't too bad. So when I came in, we already had a good rep. So I was a little nervous about filling those big shoes. There were politics on the unit. I think I told you, float pool nurses tend to get the harder runs just because they think, oh, they can handle it. They've had experience on like cardiac unit, so they can handle this kind of patient. And that's not true because I was new. Um, I did advocate for myself one time, actually a couple of times now, um, and told them I can't take. Cause you know, I, I had a really hard assignment and then they were trying to give me a really hard admission. And I just said, I don't feel safe. Like I, I feel like if I do that, my patient safety is at risk. So is mine and my license and I don't feel safe. And there's a little back and forth with the charge about it. But I just told her, I said, I'm sorry. Like I can pick up someone else's patient if you want. Um, but I can't take that assignment. So I've, I've learned to kind of stand up for myself, even if it makes me look bad, but I just know that I'm prioritizing my patient safety as well as my own and, um, yeah. and the support from my manager when I did that, cause I texted her at like three in the morning and she answered me back. Um, and she immediately said, you know, I'm glad you told me, let me make some phone calls real quick. And, you know, she spoke to like the house supervisor who was there that night and they, you know, like had my back. And that's what I think really, really helped me out was during situations where it was really, really rough and, I felt like, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, like seven o'clock can't come any sooner. Um, I had that support where I can call my manager or text them or reach out to the house supervisor. And they immediately stepped in and kind of said like, Hey, she's new. She hasn't even been here six months. Like you guys need to back off a little bit and let her breathe. And they kind of said too, when we had a discussion, they said, we don't want to make you guys feel like nursing isn't the profession for you. We don't want you to feel like you know, you, you dove into something and you made a big mistake because you tried, you worked so hard in school and this is what you said you've been wanting to do. And we don't want to ruin that for you. So I dealt with politics on every unit, but I just make sure I advocate for myself and my patients and it, it ends up working out, I guess. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah good, for you, great job. good for you for doing that because being in your shoes, that is such a, such a difficult position to be in because it's kind of a no win situation you feel bad for like the charge who like is getting this patient when you don't take it, someone else is going to, it is your license at risk. Like it is you accepting responsibility by accepting this unsafe assignment. And ultimately I 
feel like you couldn't have handled that better. And that's one of the hardest positions to be in, especially when it's your first time dealing with it. I just think that's incredible. And that patient was better off for it too. You know, they could get better care in like a more safe situation. Yeah. And I felt bad because I told her, I'm like, I feel bad doing that last night. And she's like, you shouldn't feel bad because now you're helping out the other nurses who are coming in for their shifts. Cause she's like, if I wouldn't yep. have known then there would have continued to be float point nurses going there and getting like, you know, super, super hard assignments. She yeah. was just like, you, you can't feel bad about advocating for yourself and your patients. And that's what I've been learning slowly. <laughs> and also like the other flip side of this is not assuming the, like the worst of the person who gave you those assignments. Cause like you said, like yeah. they might not right. have known either. And yeah. And they're, you know, maybe they're like, oh, we're trying to cluster like all the COVID patients together. That could be the mindset. Like you said, they might not know. So raising awareness about it isn't complaining. It's just like, hey, let's look and see. So would you guys say that you felt supported overall? It's interesting working at multiple hospitals. You kind of see the different type of teamwork. And uh, there are places, you know, where it's just like you kind of you feel like you're alone and there's not some great teamwork, but there's also those places and I am lucky enough to work at one where it's just you know they come in and it's immediately like five six people like what's going on with this patient what can I do for you um what do you need what are you doing and you know what's going to be needed in the future like it's just boom 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 it's very helpful and supportive to have your your cast and your teammates that are just have your back no matter what and you feel that support and um all of a sudden, you know, the fear that you have and the anxiety of like, oh, what am I doing? And how am I going to get this patient to get stable? It's definitely taken down a notch because you're like, I have this team behind me and it's it's a really nice feeling. Yeah. Sounds like support is key for overcoming a lot of these insecurities. Yeah. Absolutely. How would you, like, how do you go about building that environment if it's not there? It's just open. I really don't know. I'm just asking. <laughs> I honestly, I have kind of always gone about with the whole uh, kill them with kindness type thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for the most part, you know, you have plenty of coworkers that are super sweet and very helpful and just, you know, all around, like, let's, let's help each other out. Um, and then of course you get the handful that are just like, leave me alone. I'm doing my own thing. Um and I've kind of always just been a very kind of like happy-go-lucky guy, like just like, hey, how's it going? Like, what can I do for you? And I've honestly noticed like with the the whole like the nicer you are to someone, they'll resist for a while. But you know, after a while, it's just like they kind of <laughs> conform. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, this isn't so bad, you know? Like, <laughs> I'll be just, nice too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just there's nothing wrong with being nice. And I, I feel like it's just it's very contagious, mm-hmm. you know? big old smiles and just a good attitude like it it just changes like the the most down of down attitudes so that's kind of how i go about it but yeah i would like to hear if you guys have any advice to new grads i would just say find your group find your people um whether that you honestly it's your cohort so find a group within your cohort generally it could be the other nurses assigned to the unit that you're assigned to or for me my float pool team um, and get their numbers, get the WhatsApp, exchange everything and kind of vent to each other just because I don't think, I mean, there's nurses like me now, I've been here a year, so I understand what new grads are going through still, the ones who are hired in January, but 
have a group that you can vent to. I did that a lot with my group. We cried together. We went and had drinks together. We got breakfast after a really rough shift the next morning. And we kind of just sat there quiet eating our food. But <laughs> it means a lot. I mean, Nurse Life RN actually really, really helped a lot of us in nursing school. And now we keep sending each other memes like, hey, this is us. This is us. This is us. So yeah. I think that really helped me as a new grad. Um, it's not just having support from staff that's been there. It's having support from people who are going through the same thing you're going through. I think also therapy is a huge thing that I should have signed up for a while ago. I, I think I messaged you saying like it was my birthday and I, I was so sad because I had work the next day and I was crying. So I called and I'm like, I need to sign up for therapy. And they asked me questions and they're like, Oh, um, so is work like a factor in why you're stressed out? And I just started bawling and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm a nurse. And I was just like crying and she's like, Oh my God, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. And I'm like crying like, thanks. So yeah, therapy in my, in my group. I think those are hu two huge things. Having good support system at home. I would say eating healthy, but I don't eat healthy because I'm night shift. Um, <laughs> and then for work, I think advice to my coworkers would just be, um, being empathetic, like understand that you being a new grad 20 years ago is completely different than us being new grads now. Cause the environment's different. And my thing would just be is like the understanding of the new nurses coming in. We're nervous. We're scared. Um, we might ask 50 questions. We might ask stupid questions like, you know, can I give my patient this Tylenol? Like something stupid like that. There's a reason why it's because virtual clinicals. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Swift River. <laughs> Swift River. <laughs> definitely. You know, I think, I think Sheena hit it on the head, you know, hundred percent. Um, definitely personal life, you know, try to find that support group. I mean, f for me personally, um, I was also lucky like Sheena was, you know, I would, I would go over to the new grad's house and we would just have vent sessions and it would be all nighters <laughs> and we would just go off and just, you know, and just, you know, it was, it was really nice to have that. Um, I don't have any family around, everyone's out of state. So it was really, really nice to have that. Um, and you know, like, like she said, you know, I try to take care of yourself a little bit better. It's it definitely, I wasn't doing that. I was eating poorly and, I wasn't exercising because I would just come home and be kind of depressed. And um, once I started that, you know, you get those endorphins, you feel a little better, go out and get some sunshine, um, fresh air. Definitely, definitely makes a big impact on your, your attitude and your outlook. Um, Hospital-wise, um, I started coming in early. Um, I would look at my patients and kind of see... It, it, it relieved my anxiety a little bit because um, I liked to see like what was going on. I would look at the notes, see what the doctors were going on, what happened a couple of days before, um, and just kind of get a general picture so I wasn't quite as clueless. Whenever I precept someone at the end of the shift, I always have them tell me three things that they were proud of that they did that shift or three things that they think they did really, really well. Cause I think there's a, it's really easy to just like focus on like the one stupid thing you did that day. And then like it, you carry it with you for a long time. And I think it's really hard for people to like tell themselves good things about themselves. 
And yeah, I agree with Sheena about therapy. I think nurses tend to have this habit of, or tendency of like diminishing things that happen to us. Like we, like we went through COVID and that was a traumatizing experience for a lot of us. Um, and you, you can't just be expected to just like, well, that was crazy. Right guys. And then like, <laughs> go be fine. Um, and therapy, like it, it can be such a pain to get started, but to have someone like a, a person not involved, just like someone to listen to is huge. Um, and it took me, my whole body breaking out in hives because of anxiety for me to be like, oh, maybe, maybe it's time that I start figuring this out. So like, don't wait. And now, now I'll have shifts where I'm like, I think I'm going to need to process this. So I like, hey, Mary, you for this week? (laughs) (laughs) So I I can't recommend it enough. It's so helpful. All right, that is it for us. I want to say big thanks to our guests for coming in today and also you all that wrote in with your stories. Thank you so much for writing in. We can't do it without you guys, and we appreciate the transparency that is Nurse Life. And as Eva would say, it's time to do some housekeeping. Housekeeping. As we mentioned before, happy Nurses Week celebrate yourself go buy some merch support us water yourselves in the process water yourself in the process we have some new merch we also have some very coveted restocks i don't know we put them out probably two or three days ago i don't know if they're still there i don't know if they are sold out already but if you want to be informed about when we do these things how do you do that lifa you sign up to our newsletters where do you go to do that you ask nursespeak.com slash stay connected. So what else is on nursespeak.com? That's a great tool for nurses. The forum. I think you all would truly enjoy that. That's something EB created personally because he knew how important it was for this community to come together. So when you sign up and make an account on the forum, it's really important that you guys do what you can to stay anonymous. Don't use your name. Don't use your Instagram name. Being anonymous allows the conversation to be transparent, which is a really important part of the Nurse Life Farm community. So keep that in mind when you create an account. There's a lot of cool stories on there, a lot of cool ways to connect with other people. A lot of useful information. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, check it out. But happy Nurses Week. Have a great rest of your week. And don't forget to water yourselves once again. Thank you all. Love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>